Our Infinitely Loved podcast. I'm Sam. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Koos. We believe that loving yourself is the key to transforming every aspect of your life. And it's our hope that these conversations bring you one step closer towards embracing this truth. Hello, welcome to this episode of You Are Infinitely Loved. Today, Sam, Koos, and I are looking at all the New Year's resolutions that we have set that we are likely not going to meet. (laughs) (laughs) We are looking at goals and habits and whether they are a good thing or a bad thing in the path to loving ourselves really well. So Sam, tell me a little bit about your thoughts on setting New Year's resolutions. What do Aussies call it? Is it a New Year's resolution? It is a New Year's resolution. Translate it for us. (laughs) English to English, New Year's resolution. Um, Beautiful. Yes. I have, what is the word? My relationship to goal setting has changed quite a bit over the years uh, because in the past, I used to set a lot of New Year's resolutions. And to be honest, most of them I didn't really meet. (laughs) I didn't achieve. Which, which is actually just statistically very, very normal. Uh, only 8% of people apparently achieve their New Year's resolutions, which is a shockingly not low amount. But yeah, I have a... But why do we keep making them if we know we're not going to reach them? Mm. And, and do resolutions last for the whole year? Well, that depends on the resolution. <laughs> Some of them can. <laughs> And it depends whether your resolution, and we can go into this later, whether your resolution is actually a habit or whether your New Year's resolution is a goal, because those two things are quite different. And I think most people don't really even think about the difference. And and so sometimes we might be actually wanting to create a new healthy lifestyle habit, for instance, and we're calling it a goal. But a goal is really something that we is is more short term and it's and it has an outcome at the end there is a result to it whereas a habit is kind of like this ongoing process that hopefully doesn't end <laughs> like so give me an example we, here okay one example i can think of i i wonder if you've talked about this before a goal for example might be we we've read something about olympic athletes their mm-hmm. goal is to win the gold medal exactly once they win the gold medal and that's it. It's it's done, right? Yeah. And there's not really they, they have to set newer goals. Like mm. w- where would they go from there, right? Mm. Um, I, I'm just going back to the whole concept of what Sam's saying. A goal is an outcome, and habit is a, a lifestyle. lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah, and this is why in the research shows that particularly for Olympic athletes, there's a huge low even after they reach their goal, whether they reach it or not, even for the athletes that do get the gold medal afterwards, there's like, there's a real void because there is in achieving a goal, unless you set another one very quickly, there is this moment where, you know, it's finished and you've achieved it. And so, whereas a habit, the process, uh, is something that, that continues. So for example, maybe in the, in the case of an Olympic athlete, you know, maybe they're a runner. And so their process is to be is to run a certain amount of times a day and to to be as fast as they can be. And they can always identify as a runner and continue to run. And that's the process. That's the habit. But the goal of getting the medal is is definitely something that's it's fixed. And once it's over, it's mm-hmm. over. Let me pull it back to 
looking at goals and habits through the lens of self-love, loving Mm. yourself really well. Mm. I feel like a lot of times we're setting goals based on actual self-loathing. And Sam, you have a good story about this. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Did you want to share the story as a question? (laughs) I am more than happy to share an example of unhealthy goal setting, what I like to call self-hatred 101. (laughs) Uh, You thought this was a self-love podcast. No, no. (laughs) I set a goal back in... 2012 to run a marathon now oh that's lovely uh, you know lovely goal nice nice goal and I am not by any means saying that anyone that sets a goal to run a marathon is setting a a self-loathing goal that's not true I disagree (laughs) I feel like I hate running and that would be I think for all people a self-loathing goal yeah and for me that was the case so yeah no but in all seriousness here is where that goal was the wrong goal to be setting to begin with the 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 birthplace of that goal came from a very unhealthy space of me not liking the way that I looked and thinking that I needed to lose weight and so initially the motivation for me if I'm to be really honest was not running a marathon the motivation was losing weight and if I set myself a goal like running a marathon that takes such a level of consistent commitment to exercise that will mean that I exercise every single day or you know six days a week whatever it was and therefore by doing that I will lose weight so the goal was like a mask to the outside world for my real goal which was losing weight so that's the first place that that goal was unhealthy. And so even like as you're looking at other people and how they judge your goal, when you say, hey, I'm training for a marathon, people are like, that's amazing. You're great. This is fantastic. Exactly. And that, yeah. mask of I'm really doing this because I don't love myself in the way I look. Exactly. And that was Mm -hmm. the other really unhealthy part of the goal for me was I can look back at it now and see that a big part of it was trying to impress people. Uh, for me, I was definitely, there was an element of trying to impress my, my older sister and gain her approval, which was something I didn't realize I was doing at the time, but that was really important to me, uh, to get some kind of validation and approval from her. Why would she approve of this? Hmm. For me, I think it's because I thought that that's what my sister is someone who's very, uh, athletic, very good at sports, very, you know, challenges herself pushes herself outside her comfort zone in that area. And she had never done a marathon. I was like, wow, she'll be so impressed by this. Like I, you know, I Were you trying she- to one up your sister? <laughs> I was trying to one up my sister. <laughs> exactly. And it sounded impressive, you know, so I was also trying to prove myself to anyone else around. So there was definitely like this element in it of external validation mm-hmm. of, you know, I was trying to prove that I was, good enough. And then it was also unhealthy because I hate running. So that's a really <laughs> silly, to run a silly goal to set because I mm-hmm. don't enjoy the process. So mm-hmm. it was like self-punishment from day one. And then it became even more unhealthy because I 
tore my calf in the in the training period because again I'm not really a runner and I wasn't stretching properly and I pushed my body beyond what the way it should have been pushed and I had a walking stick and I uh, I was in a lot of pain and I missed out six weeks I couldn't um I couldn't run and once I got rid of the walking stick and I was like I can train again what I really should have done was you know pause the whole training or maybe even call the whole thing off but instead I decided I would just train even harder and so that I could make the marathon that I'd enrolled in which I did but because I didn't give myself the proper recovery it meant that during the race from very 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 early on so from within the first 30 40 minutes of that race I was in quite a substantial amount of physical pain and again rather than stop and just acknowledge you know, the self-loving thing to do, I think at that point would have been to say, I've done everything that I can and I'm in physical pain and it's time to stop. I was like, these people are counting on me because people had sponsored me. I did this race for charity and I'm going to look bad and I need, you know, I, I always achieve my goals and I'm determined and I have more mental willpower than physical strength so I can do this. And, and I used a lot of quite harsh self-talk mm-hmm. for the entire race, which was for me, it took me four hours and 31 minutes to do. So for four hours, I was in a substantial amount of pain and, and talking myself through it going, you can do this, come on, like, but not in a loving way, not in a, mm-hmm. you're amazing, Sam. Like, look at you running. Like, it was not the kind, compassionate, gentle voice that I now try to always remember to use with myself. It was a voice of, of self-criticism, abuse, of punishment. Of, can we say? You know? And so you can see. <laughs> so when but, you ended the race, you felt so proud of yourself. <laughs> And when you tell the story, you feel so good about how you participated (laughs) in that goal. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. (laughs) One of the funny things was, I I mean, I must admit, when I got to the end of the race, there was still an element of, I did feel, I I felt proud that I'd done it. Mm -hmm. It felt like a big achievement. And I was Mm -hmm. like, yes, I did this. But yeah, that period of my life, I think it taught me a huge lesson. So again... (laughs) I like to be like, I don't have regrets. However, had I known what I know now about self-love and had I approached goals in the way that I approach them now, there is no way that with that lens, I would have ever set that goal in the first place. Now, Mm. the person I am today, but you know, you can't go back, you can't rewrite it. But what I would say is that externally that goal just, that looks like, oh, this girl set herself a goal to run a marathon before the age of 30 and she did it and she did it in a reasonable time and well done. And, you know, people are still impressed when I say I run a marathon. They're like, oh, my God, that's amazing. I'm like, yeah, thanks. And so, yeah, it's a goal that can come across as like, oh, that's quite impressive. And yet when you look Mm -hmm. at I don't think there's anything impressive about the amount of self-loathing and self-hatred that was wrapped up in that goal. Wow. And no one ever asked you that, like, hey, did you run a marathon and do so in a kind way to yourself? Or, (laughs) right? It's not even part of the way we gauge um, a win. Exactly. And this Mm -hmm. is why it's so, it's so personal because this isn't about running a marathon. You know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that goal. If you are someone that 
enjoys running. <laughs> you, <laughs> Baseline you are, likes to run. <laughs> you know, like, and I, and I mean, of course, there's an element of pushing yourself outside your comfort zone and an element of physical pain in any marathon, even if, you know, of course, that's okay. But yeah, I think when you are coming from a place of, yeah, if you, if you have body image issues and you're doing it to try and make yourself look a particular way, <laughs> not so healthy. If you're doing it because you enjoy running and you want to be able to run and, and have this amazing endurance, then go for it, do it. And, you know, there were elements to that marathon that I look back at with very fondly in that I did it with two friends. And so much of that goal was about our relationship, the three of us mm-hmm. and being able to do it with them is, is an epic highlight. And those girls have become some of my closest friends and they were just my just they were my marathon girls I didn't know them outside Mm. of that context and so there's a huge piece of joy that also accompanies that goal Mm -hmm. so it wasn't all like a a woe is me tale Mm -hmm. but yeah definitely now I would set a much healthier goal and I would be kinder to myself in the pursuit of that goal so tell me a little bit about a feelings-based goal. Yes. Ah, this is the best. So this is the work of a woman called Danielle Laporte, and she has a book called The Desire Map. And basically reading this book really changed, it changed my life in a number of ways, but it definitely changed the way I looked at goals. And essentially it's about, her work is about a realization of hers that so often we go after these goals and we chase goals And sometimes when we achieve them, we feel great. And sometimes it's just like, eh, whatever. It's like we're ticking an item off our bucket list and it doesn't really have an impact. And she found that the reason why is because we're not stopping enough in the beginning to ask ourselves the right questions around what is, why do we even want to do this? What is Mm -hmm. our intrinsic motivation? And her theory is that everything everything that we want in life, every experience we want to have, every material possession we go after, like anything that we want comes down to the fact that subconsciously we think we're going to feel a particular way when we get there, when we have that thing, when we experience that thing. So what Mm -hmm. we're actually chasing is a feeling. Mm -hmm. And so her work is to say, how about we get clear on how it is we want to feel first? So rather than going blindly after a goal and then thinking that we'd feel a particular way. Why don't we stop before we pursue the goal? We ask ourselves, how do I want to feel in this particular area of my life? And then what goal or habit is going to help me feel that way? So, you know, so an example might be, how do I want to feel in my, uh, actually we can use this same goal, like the the marathon example, like a health and fitness goal. For me in that area of my life, I want to, you know, I want to feel energized and I want to, I want to feel strong. And when I think about would a marathon give me that feeling for me? No, because running leaves me feeling drained. It is not something that energizes me. There are other exercises that help me to feel strong and energized. And therefore for me, a better goal would have been to to figure out what those things were that, that generate those feelings mm-hmm. of strength and energy and do those things. So, so again, good. yeah, it's about going, how do I want to feel in my life? Like if I want to feel joyful, then again, <laughs> running when I hate running, not going to do that for me. <laughs> bad, bad plan. 
So self-loathing 101 is yeah. um, quite a simple <laughs> game plan that we yeah. all run often. We all do yeah. this if yeah. we're unconscious of it, if we're not paying attention to why we're setting a goal. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So if we can firstly go, yeah, how do I want to feel? I want to feel inspired. I want to feel happy, fulfilled, you know, balance, peace, whatever our words are, get really mm-hmm. clear on what do we want this part of our lives to feel like? And then using that word as our guide, we can say, what would be a goal that would help generate this feeling within mm-hmm. me? Because that's the self-loving goal, because then you are feeling the way you want to feel, which so what could good. be more loving than that? Yeah, I was thinking, so for me, I hesitate to set goals because mm. the story I tell myself can be that I don't ever follow through. <laughs> and so the feeling around that is failure, which is not the feeling I'm shooting for, <laughs> oddly I enough. I think we've had this in a previous episode. <laughs> failure doesn't feel good. <laughs> I don't like it. It doesn't feel great. I like to avoid it as best as possible. So that includes not setting any goals and making no growth. I mean, this is making sense to me, right? It's one way of doing it. (laughs) So I think a lot of people, though, we have had experiences where we set a goal, we fizzle out, and then we Mm. feel really bad about ourselves. Mm. And um, I know that for me, I think about when I reframe it to how do I want to feel and what supports that? It's Mm. a completely different question than what's a goal I want to do in this new year. You know, yes. And so, like exactly. for me, I was even thinking about um, one goal I have this year is I want to feel more connected to my daughter, mm. and to be more aware of our relationship, and to spend some more time nourishing that relationship. Mm. And that's not really a goal I can easily state, like the mm. actions behind. I mean, there yeah. there are the actions of I want to spend more quality time with her. I want to do more things that I know that she's interested in to connect with her. Mm. Um, I want to practice more patience. Mm. Um, And yet that's hard to nail down. Like, what does that look like for Monday at 9 a.m.? You know? Mm. Yeah. And so the feeling is connection and love. Yeah. Yeah. And the actions look different, a little more intentional than saying, um, I want to lose five pounds. I want to... Yeah. And I think so much of the reason why, you know, we have these ridiculous statistics around people not being able to keep news resolutions or follow through is that it's essentially that we're setting the wrong goals in that we're setting, you know, we're not clear on our intrinsic motivation. We're not clear on why this thing is even important to us. And most of the time for a lot of the news resolutions people are setting, they're not important. So this Mm -hmm. isn't a case in my mind. I don't think this is a case of 92% of the population having no self-discipline or willpower. I think it's a case of of, uh, (laughs) people, one, again, it comes back to people not having, not creating the time or space for this Mm -hmm. new habit or goal. So it's an issue of a lack of boundaries, which again is still tied to self-love because they're not giving themselves the time and space they need to be able to succeed is one factor. And then that second factor of they're not doing the work to ask themselves, yeah, why is this important to me? How do I want to feel? What can support that? Because if we did that initially, if that's how we set goals, I think 
so many people would be achieving them because essentially in the, you know, in the process of them, it's a, if you do it the right way, the journey of achieving the goal should be something that is enjoyable, that makes you feel the way you want to feel, that feels kind, that feels, yeah, that just feels really good to you. Well, for me, it's kind of different. I would say that I am very hesitant, like Lindsay, to set goals, not because of not being able to see them through, mm. but it's more like, let's say if I set a, a goal of losing 30 pounds. Yeah. And then I work really hard. And then I only lose 20 pounds. Then mm. I know I work really hard. I put a lot of effort into it and I didn't reach that goal, right? That's really mm. disappointing. So why even set that goal in the first place? Or even a better example is when I was interviewing for a job, mm. my goal would be like, oh, I want to get this job that I applied for. Yeah. I worked really hard, did my best, and I didn't get it. Yeah. So I think we briefly talk about this, about how there are differences between outcome-based goals yeah. And process-based goals. Yeah, and I think that's a really important point. I think what you're alluding to there is is it sounds like, Kus, you're someone that's very good at setting habits. And, like, we kind of know that from your meditation, like, habit. Like, how many days now have you been meditating? Like, 400-something, 470, 480. Right? You're, because you're committed to the process. So, and that, and that's what a habit is. It's like this, what I'm going to commit to is I'm going to commit to doing this process. And usually, and this is what's really amazing and why I think habits are even more positive in terms of creating the life we want to create than goals are, is that if we're committed to the process, the outcome takes care of itself. But when we focus on the outcome and we focus on something that we don't have, and we're constantly, like in the example of losing weight, if, if your goal is to lose, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use kilos since I'm Australian. <laughs> if your goal is, is to lose what? 10 kilos. <laughs> Let's then, put this conversion in the show note later. <laughs> <laughs> then for the whole time that I'm trying to achieve that outcome and that goal, I'm not there yet. It's like this post that I'm aiming towards that I'm not, you know, I don't have it yet. So for the majority of trying to achieve it, I feel like a failure because I'm not mm -hmm. there. I'm not there. I'm not there. I'm not there. Whereas if I ask myself, what's the process or what are the habits that I would need to have in my life if I want that outcome? And maybe the process is, and obviously health is multifaceted, but eating 15 out of my 21 weekly meals, I eat healthily. I exercise three times a week. I get eight hours of sleep a night. And I meditate to manage my stress. Maybe they are the four habits that you need to build into your life. And if you focused on those habits and focused on the process, that 10 kilos will take care of itself. You know, I think is super interesting is from a sociological standpoint, look at what the goals we tend to make are. Even the examples we bring up are around mm. weight, weight, weight loss, <laughs> physical mm. body image, all these mm. physical elements that point to self-improvement. Look, I've improved. Yeah. You can physically see it. I look different. Yes. Right? And I think it's this sad piece of we're really wanting some heart change. We're really wanting to feel better in ourself. Yes. And 
we instantly typically correlate that with weight loss. Yes. Isn't that fascinating? It's so, yeah. And it's, you're right. It's so sad, really. And there are some statistics that show basically the first two, three weeks of the year are when all these gyms make their most money from. Absolutely Mm -hmm. it is. Yeah. You're not suckers. (laughs) (laughs) They're cashing in our self-loathing. Wait a second. Imagine if the goal was to be for 2019 to be the most self-loving year of your life. Oh my word. And then to go, what would that look like? Like what does that feel like? And what and what are the habits that I would need to create in my day to so that I am treating myself consistently with love and kindness, you know? What would it feel like to be Mm -hmm. the most self loving I've ever been? Like what are the feelings I'm going for? It's like peace, acceptance, confidence, you know, love, kindness. There's so many great feelings there. And that's I'd rather loosen pounds. (laughs) So going back to the uh, goals and habit topic, Mm. is there any benefit in setting goals then if habit is what sounds like something we should be aiming for? Mm. That is such a good question. Uh, I think there is still benefit in setting goals. I I think goals can stretch us and give us, you know, something to aim for something to look forward to if it's a goal that as I say if we're setting it the right way and it's something that motivates us to want to uh, continue with the habit because we have this amazing thing that we're that we're looking to achieve I think there's nothing wrong with having something that feels inspiring and motivating and aspirational so I think there's definitely a place for goals however I think yeah it needs to be kept in check and it needs to be, is this goal something that I want to do for me because it's because it feels good to me and because it's stretching me and because it's helping me grow and because, yeah, it excites me, it inspires me, it motivates me to live into my potential and to, to be really great? Or am I going after this thing because I feel like I'm not, good enough without it. I'm trying to prove myself to someone. I'm trying to get somebody's acceptance. I'm trying to prove to myself that I'm good enough because I don't really believe that I am. Like it's a totally different place to be approaching a goal from. So I think if you come at it from a self-loving place, then goals are absolutely amazing. And I think the habits are the architecture that help us to achieve the goal. I really, really love that, Sam. As you were explaining, my mind went to all sorts of places. And the way I understood this was to see goals more as like a bird's eye view of what mm. you want your life to look like. And your habit would be like, yeah. I don't know, your your day your day-to-day thing that you want to achieve. And yeah, that's a great way of looking at it. Give yourself a lot of grace if you don't meet that goal within a certain time frame that you set. By knowing that every day you're doing the best that you can to reach that goal. Yes, exactly. For instance, the self-love goal. If I want this year to be the most self-loving I've ever been, Mm. that isn't something I can measure necessarily Mm. in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, I can notice, chart my daily feelings. How am I feeling about myself? I can take measurements that way. 
But that's not yeah. something at the end of the year, I'm like, okay, 2019, my goal was to become self-loving. I've done that, mastered it, hmm. moving on, hmm. right? It's it's, yeah. it's never going to be mastered. It's always going to be process and in progress. Yeah. And also it's not something that you do, <laughs> that you don't want that to end. And, right. and with a goal, there's a certain, yeah, there's a finality to it you know? And so once it's done, it's done moving on next goal. Whereas obviously, yeah, something like self-love, you want that to be an ongoing thing. So mm -hmm. yeah, may maybe in the end, that's not the goal. <laughs> or maybe the goal is that it's, yeah, that it's woven into every part of your life forevermore. I think this is a great place to wrap up um, for us to notice why we are setting the goals that we're setting what's our intention mm. what are we actually hoping to feel and is there a better way to create habits and goals that are based out of the feelings surrounding self-love and nurturing yeah. and kindness and i feel exactly. like between the three of us we've had a lot of conversations about this and that we would love it if our listeners can chime in with their thoughts on mm. the blog post uh, um, on our website or on our Instagram post. Yeah. We would love to hear from you guys with any goals that you are setting for yourself in 2019, the feelings that you want to feel, why it is that these things are important to you, the habits that you want to create. Please come on over to youareinfinitelyloved.com. And for any of you who want help setting inspiring feelings-based goals for your year and for your life, Lindsay and I are both qualified life coaches and we would love you to get in contact with us. If you would like to talk to us about a coaching series, you can find that at our contact form on our website, youareinfinitelyloved.com and we will send you all of the information about our coaching series. That's all for this week. We will see you all at the gym. <laughs> See you there. Thank you for listening to this episode. Our hope is that each day you feel more connected to the knowledge that you are infinitely loved. If you want to continue this conversation, you can find us at youareinfinitelyloved.com.